Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined, as always, by Brandon Deutsch and Armani Buckets. No Jihei Wiley. Hopefully she's feeling a little bit better. How are you guys doing today? Cannot complain. The NBA is finally, at least the Lakers and the Clippers, finally back. And you guys know me. This is my favorite time of the year when the NBA is officially back. I mean, I know it's preseason, but we're going to count it as back. So, yeah, I'm excited. 100%. Um, you know, it was great watching the Lakers starters the first <laughs> half. They they impressed, but uh, the bench really needs a lot of work. Other than Cole Swider, I don't know what the scouting department's thinking, but that dude should probably start, to be honest with you. Talk about a picture-perfect fit alongside LeBron James. Six foot nine, shoots threes, plays defense, yet he might not even make the roster. So it's just like kind of mind-boggling to me but otherwise i'm good 49ers got a nice victory must win must win so pretty happy about that all right we'll have to start there so let's get to today's headlines brought to you by the sporting tribune the sporting tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in southern california las vegas and hawaii no paywalls no clickbait no pop-ups just your teams and a clean reading experience visit the sporting tribune.com today hit it buckets all right speaking of the monday night game the rams fell to the 49ers 24 to 9 and they couldn't even record one touchdown against a very stout 49ers defense the same issues arose for the Rams as bad offensive line play allowed Matthew Stafford to get sick uh, to get sacked, excuse me, six times. Stafford also committed two turnovers, including a costly pick six late in the fourth quarter. Where do the Rams go from here, guys, as they play the Cowboys, who are very hot, actually, yeah. next weekend? I mean, they're in a tough spot right now. So quick uh, backstory. I uh, spent the first half of last night's game speaking to a class at USC. Well, that was a lot of fun being back on campus at USC. Spent the second half watching the game uh, with Brandon's friend, Jeff Garcia, former 49ers quarterback. So that that was a lot of fun just to kind of see what San Francisco can do. And, and, and just watching that game, just the dominance on the line of scrimmage, best defensive line in the league against an offensive line that is really struggling right now. Uh, you know, the problem with the Rams is, is this is a continuation of the problems we have seen so far this season. They are two and two but they have not looked good. Uh, you know, they, they, get, they got blown out, obviously, the first game of the season. Effectively got blown out last night as well. The biggest concern is how they're playing in these second halves of these games. And I, I don't know if there's any help on the horizon in terms of a, the protection help for Matthew Stafford. And, um, yeah, if this is going to be a, a real tough go for them because, again... Sunday's game, and I know the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions in the beginning to get a foothold on the market. 
are just in Los Angeles, it's going to be a pro Cowboys crowd. And so if the Cowboys jump out to a lead, if Dak is back on the field, uh, and if the Rams certainly, if they go to two and three on the season, I mean, I mean this is, they're in a tough spot right now. They have to find a way to win. And I, I think they do, despite their O-line problems. I just think when you look at the talent, I said this to Grant last night when we were watching the game, anytime you have Cooper Cup on the field, you have a chance to win the game. That's how dominant of a receiver he is. He's the best receiver in football by far. And I won't go into reasons why people think otherwise. And I'll refrain from going uh, more on that. But he, in my opinion, is the best slot receiver maybe of all time. If you just think about what he can do to get open over these past two years, the dominant season. So, yeah, they're targeting him. 15 catches about, right? Like 16, 17 targets. I mean, Stafford's eyeing him down the field. That's one problem. I know he doesn't have much time, but you have to continue to try and get at least Robinson involved. He got Higby involved, which was good. And it's not like Stafford played terribly. He got over 200 yards against a really good defense that really hasn't given up 200 yards like all season long to a quarterback. All but those like that pick six, obviously it was not a good throw and fumble was not a good throw. And he almost threw two other picks. But other than that, Stafford looked pretty good. If you look at, you know, just the completions he had. The, th- the problem is the offensive line, but when you have this much talent, I just don't see them losing at home to the Cowboys. I think they're going to be motivated to win that game, and I think they do, and I think they play much better. I really do. I don't understand why everybody is so doom and gloom, not just, you know, in our group, but doom and gloom with the Rams. They're fine. They are fine. The only issues with this team are the offensive line and the run game, and those two issues offensive line play is all about continuity when you get these guys with a great offensive minded coach in McVay for a full season think about how the Rams gave up points yesterday it was seven to six and Debo Samuel takes a slant route a three-yard route which by the way it was third and three the pass was almost deflected and then he takes it to the house and he breaks three or four tackles on the way that cannot happen that play right there makes it a 14 to 6 game after that play the rams get the ball back right before the half they're driving consistently yesterday they were driving and then stafford takes a crucial sack which stalls the drive and then in the second half obviously we mentioned it brandon you mentioned it 17 to 9 your defense gives up a third and 13 screen route to debo nope it's like they didn't even anticipate it was coming and then when they get the ball back their screen pass gets completely, the defense completely read it, jumps the route, and picks it off. To me, that's on coaching. Predictability, guys are timing things, and kudos to the Niners. I mean, they came out with the win, but if you don't settle for field goals, if you get touchdowns, you take care of the football. I don't blame that interception on Stafford, by the way. I agree with you, Brandon. I think he had a good game. It's one of those things where if, if you just get seven instead of three, I think this is a different ball game. But hundred percent, kudos, hundred percent, hundred percent. I was, I, you know, before Rosh goes, because I know he wants to say, I was actually surprised how well Stafford looked against a really dominant defense. You know, in our group chat, we were talking about the Richard Sherman tweet. And his tweet was effectively, you know, you can't look at the numbers and say that Stafford is playing better than Jared Goff right now. I mean, that may be so this season through four games. At the end of the day, no matter what happens this season and throughout the rest of their careers, 
the Rams made that trade because they believed that Matthew Stafford could lead them to the Super Bowl, and he did. And if that's all he ever does, that trade is an absolute win. So I, 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 I don't, I, I don't know what Goff's statistics are, and maybe Goff is playing better than Stafford through the first couple games of the season. But I mean, I think it's ridiculous now to kind of say, oh, if Jared Goff was on the Rams. I mean, if Jared Goff was on the Rams, they would be two and two. I mean, I, I, I don't think Goff is the difference in this team being a successful team. And at the end of the day, I promise you, they do not win the Super Bowl last year if Jared Goff is the quarterback of that team. I agree. Also, Goff's stats, 1,126 yards, 11 touchdowns, which is tied first. Only three interceptions, eighth in QBR, 67.1. But if you think about it, he has a dominant running back, too, actually. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, which kind of takes pressure off of him a lot. Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm not saying is as good as Cooper Cup, but he's an elite wide receiver. He has, you know, weapons, and he has a better offensive line. You know, Penny Sewell and the rest of them, they're healthier. I think that's a big difference. <laughs> you know, when you look at Stafford, if the Rams had a healthier offensive line, Stafford's stats would be way better. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, not saying he'd avoid the usual Stafford blunder pick six, you know, but like he'd at least have more touchdowns this season with a better line. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I, I wanted to say one more thing about the Rams offense. People are going to talk about the lack of Allen Robinson, the lack of a running game. The running game, I think, is legitimate. But my mind goes back to the New England teams where it seemed like Tom Brady literally only had Julian Edelman to throw to at the end of the Patriots dynasty. When you have a guy like a Cooper Cup and then Tyler Higby, who had 10 catches, maybe those two are dominant enough where that's all you really need offensively. Besides, obviously, they, you have to be able to run the ball. But I don't know if they even need an Allen Robinson when guys like Cup and Higby are accounting for 24 receptions in a game like this. I, I feel like they might be solid at that's at actually that's a great point armand because if you think about it those are weapons those guys had what 24 receptions against yeah. the best the best arguably the best defense in the league and when we talk about the run game yeah the o-line's a problem acres was fine the week before i know he fumbled like henderson and acres have been like okay the problem is the niners don't give up rush yards to anybody you can't run the ball against them that's the problem that and we're, people are looking at this game like it's doomed, like the Niners are some bad team. This is the best defense the Niners. I know, like offensively, the Niners have struggles, but this is the most dominant defensive defense they've had in the Kyle Shanahan era. You know, yeah. like the, I mean, the Rams actually played better than I thought offensively yesterday, and they really drove the ball a lot. Red zone efficiency is the problem. And obviously, second half they're getting outscored by a lot. Falcons almost came back to beat them. The Cardinals had a run. They need to fix that, but that's more on coaching. You're right, Armand. That's not on Matt Stafford. Yeah, and one last point here. We mentioned the sacks that Stafford took. The defensive line and the defense of the Rams did not sack Jimmy G once. It all starts up front, and if they can't get the front fixed on both sides of the football, it, it's going to repeat itself. But, you know, that's something that it's early, and we know the Rams, they invest in stuff. Maybe at the trade deadline, I don't know how many assets they have left after they traded almost every pick, it seems like, for... Um, for the next decade, but I'm sure that they have something that they can acquire to, to shore up both sides of the lines. Yeah. Yeah, Speaking we'll of exciting LA teams, we had the Lakers get... <laughs> 
blown out by the Sacramento Kings 105 to 75. I just want to preface this headline by saying they were winning at halftime, but we're going to get into that. They were at home last night in their preseason opener. The Lakers got booed at home in a continuation of last year's <laughs> nightmare season. But hey, did you guys see any positives to take away from last night? Yes, listen, I mean, of course. I mean, I had to mention the final score. I, I know that there were some positives in the first half, but you do have to mention that at the end of the day, they, they did lose by 30. You know, listen, um, home fans can do what they want to do. Uh, but listen, I think um, the... Anthony Davis, that line is the one that really kind of spoke to me in terms of, you know, what he could potentially do this year. And, and again, we're at the two year mark of him having the best run he's had in his entire career when they won the championship. So this idea that, you know, can like AD reclaim his form, can he be the player that he was in literally two years ago? He was that guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the line. When we look at this game, yeah, the bench is terrible. They have chemistry issues. This is a brand new team. Reeves didn't look the part. And in fact, Reeves was, didn't Reeves start? Am, am I am I mistaken? Didn't he start he did the game? Oh, he didn't? Oh, okay. None. It was none, okay. Well, Reeves was, was, was predicted to start at some point during the season, but what they did is they wanted to put more pressure on Reeves, see if he could take advantage of leading that second unit. And the only guy leading the second unit, two guys, Pippen Jr. was great other than a couple bad shots, and Cole Swider, two guys that might not even make the dang roster. And the other four guys that were on the court at that time, or the other six guys that were in that rotation, were terrible, were just awful. I'm sorry, Juan Toscano Anderson played awful. Damian Jones even played bad. Thomas Bryant didn't look amazing. I mean, dude, Reeves looked miserable. That was the most atrocious I've seen him play ever. And that's concerning. He was playing against the third unit. The Kings used all 20 of their guys off the bench. All 20. They had some guys I've never even heard of on the court, right? And it's like, dude, I mean, Cole Swider's the truth. I mentioned that in the, in the first segment. Like, that dude needs to be on the, he needs to be rostered. Like, that's the next undrafted star of the league, in my opinion, if you can just get him the correct look. I've never seen a guy that dominant as a shooter enter the NBA at 6'9", like that, um, in a long time. But, I mean, Arash was right. Anthony Davis being able to go two for four from three, 50% yesterday. I know he didn't shoot much. That is going to... And we saw how that impacted the game. LeBron didn't even play well. He was 0 for 7. And just Westbrook making the occasional finish and the occasional pass and Davis hitting threes kept them like consistently at a six-point lead over a Kings team that's really not going to be that bad. Obviously, they're going to project to be worse than the Lakers, but Keegan Murray's that dude. Uh, he played well against them again. Um, better than Paulo, in my opinion. Uh, but look, it's one of those things like it's preseason. Arash is right. Do I want to see the Lakers not lose by 30? Yeah, but the fans booing him? I really, I don't get that. It wasn't even the starter's fault. I know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you, I know we're like have PTSD about this team from last year. It's not going to be the same thing. It's just not. Just not. It might be the same thing, but they still don't deserve to get booed after they were winning. The defense looked good. Like there was positives to take away from what we saw with the starters. Westbrook looked good. But my biggest takeaway from that game was just the glaring 
potential glaring just lack of talent on the Lakers roster. It just looked abysmal at times. And when you look at the Lakers team, we spent the whole offseason talking about we need to get rid of Westbrook, get Westbrook out of here. Who is the Lakers third best player right now? It's probably still Westbrook. And then if it is Westbrook, then who's their fourth best player? We're talking about a team. I actually want you guys to think about that. Who is the <laughs> Lakers fourth best player? Fourth best player. Patrick Beverly. There we go. Why not? Is that a <laughs> is that a contending team if Patrick Beverly is your fourth best player? Because look, Golden, I, I, uh, look, Golden it's State, important. and I know I know it's not fair maybe to compare the Lakers, but Golden State, we're talking Curry, Thompson, Poole, Wiggins, and then they have Kuminga. They have Draymond. Wiseman potentially. Draymond. <laughs> Who is their fourth best player? <laughs> like the 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 talent gap might just be too massive for the Lakers to overcome. We need to see how Lonnie Walker adjusts before we do anything because that's a huge piece for them, right? He didn't play, so. I don't it know. might be him or Dennis. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the fact is that, that we probably shouldn't be comparing the Lakers to the Warriors or the Clippers, who who are probably the uh, top two teams in the West. Um, I don't think anyone, like outside of me, thinks that they're going to be one of the top two. You know, I don't even think they're going to be in the top two. But listen, if they finish fourth in the West, I mean, that's a high. That 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 is that's a potential for them. So, uh, but no, I don't think anyone's out there comparing them to the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Warriors. The talent is certainly not there. They need, they need Anthony Davis to be the MVP if they want to finish top four in the West. And it's possible if he hits threes. Yeah, yeah well, you know, Brandon, me and you, we hope he does win MVP. <laughs> the Clippers played last night as well. They beat the Blazers 102-97 to in a rare NBA preseason game in Seattle. What did you guys see from that game? And did J- John Wall, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George impress you? You know what? It was just great to see Kawhi back. It was great to see Kawhi and Paul George on the same court together. Had not seen that uh, since the second round playoff series against Utah. So, I mean, listen, if you're the Clippers, I mean, you, you just want to go into the season with those guys healthy, see what John Wall can do. Um, I don't know what the expectation is for John Wall, but I, I just love the fact that he's back on the court again. He's smiling. He's having a good time. But the biggest takeaway for, for me was Kawhi looking like Kawhi again. He looks fantastic. The biggest takeaway for me with the Clippers is that, yeah, those guys look great. Honestly, would not be shocked, and I don't mean this as any sort of disrespect to Kawhi Leonard, but I would not be shocked if Paul George takes the reins of this team because he looks like he is in his absolute prime form, and I think people don't understand how good that that man is. But honestly, the biggest takeaway from that whole game for me, and this is not Clippers related, Damian Lillard's burst and athleticism is back and maybe better than ever. He looked incredible. And honestly, if he looks like that in terms of his speed, he might just have Portland as, I don't know, a top five seed. That's another team that the Lakers are going to have to think about in the Western Conference. Who's missing the playoffs of Portland's top five seed? Minnesota? New Orleans not missing the playoffs? Might be the Lakers. I don't know. The Lakers. Who knows? Anthony Davis is in there now. The Clippers looked really good. Paul George is that dude. I think he's he's due for a huge season. Same with Kawhi Leonard. He looked good. John Wall looked good. Whole team looked good. You know, you mentioned Diabate getting rebounds. So the Clippers aren't going to be a problem. I predicted they'd win the NBA championship this year. Kind of bad to predict a team that's never won an NBA championship to win an NBA <laughs> championship. But I think if if it's any year, it's this year. You know. 
Real quick, guys, the uh, GM survey came out, and uh, according to the NBA GMs, the Milwaukee Bucks are their pick to win the entire thing, to win the championship. 43% picked the Bucks, 23% picked the Warriors, 21% picked the uh, Clippers, and at number four, it is the Boston Celtics at 11%. Real quick, your thoughts on that? I'll go real quick. Um, yeah, the Bucks. obviously, if they have Middleton healthy that series, they're in the finals last year. I don't see any other team coming out of the East if they're healthy. Yeah, I like the Bucks. I like the Clippers. An underrated team that I'm keeping my eyes on. I, not underrated, but Memphis. Yeah. Memphis is oh, really, yeah. really good as well. No doubt Den- about that. Denver, too. Yep, yep. A lot of good. I mean, the more we're talking, I'm like, oh, the the West. So many good teams in the West. Kings. (laughs) That's right. All right. Let's let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by a good friend, Grant Mona. When we come back right here on the Mighty or 1090 of Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty or 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game, in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circa. Sorry, although we do love Circa. Let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no autoplay videos, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today, and here he is. My man, your friend, Grant Money Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, it's a good time of the year right now. Basketball's kind of back, and uh, the Rams are kind of in a free fall, so I'm, I'm sure Brandon's very happy about that. <laughs> he, he, uh, <laughs> he certainly is. Grant, you you called it. I I, I think I was – I'm generally – a positive, uh, you know, I'm, I know the Rams went into the game at 2-1, and one, and I thought, listen, if they can find a way to win this game, uh, they're going to be motivated. Obviously, they haven't beaten the 49ers in Santa Clara in a couple of years, haven't beaten them in the regular season. Um, but, Grant, it was a continuation of what we had seen the last couple of years. A, what concerns you about this game and and really what what concerns you about this upcoming season because you have not been very high on your beloved Los Angeles Rams well you know going going into this year you know like you said I, I wasn't very high on them for a couple reasons and but I, I didn't think it would be as bad as it is right now and you know going back to what what you said before what is it there's a couple things first of all the offensive line is tarnished. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries on that offensive line. The offensive line isn't as good as it was with Andrew Whitworth last year. That's proven to be a big lot, bigger loss than I expected. I thought, you know, Joe Noteboom would be, you know, a pretty good replacement for him. And it hasn't, you know, he, I, I just read a stat. He had like 10 pressures and three sacks on him yesterday. And I know he was going up against Nick Bosa, but you know, he was, he just looked lost out there. And that, that's kind of the main thing that I've seen from, 
from this team is that Stafford really doesn't have time to throw to anybody else. And a lot of people are, are giving him some, some stuff about throwing to Cooper Cup every time he drops back. But you got to understand, Cooper Cup's, you know, he gets off the line so well that he's probably the only one open by the time that Stafford has pressure on him. And, you know, Allen Robinson was a, a big acquisition, um, you know, in the offseason. And we all thought that he would be that X factor to take some relief off of Cooper Cup. That hasn't been proven to, to work so far. And the, the reason is because Allen Robinson really isn't getting that first step that I thought he would. I mean, it, it looks like he's treading water on a lot of the routes that he's running. And, you know, I, I, the defense is looking okay. I know they missed a lot of tackles on, on a couple Debo plays. And Debo's going to do that. He's a, he's a strong guy, and he's going to do that. But, you know, the defense, I'm not really worried about the defense. You still have Aaron Donald. You still have Bobby Wagner. The 49ers offensive line did a very, very good job last night. And I think that's something else that, that really, you know, surprised me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just a little worried about that depth that they have at the receiving core. I mean, you have Cooper Cup and you have Allen Robinson, but who else? Squaronic didn't play that well. Higby's kind of their second-best receiver right now, and he's a tight end. So they got to find a way to, to either piece together this line, maybe sign an offensive lineman that's on the free agent market, or, you know, it's going to be a long season. It's going to be like that 2018 season where they went 10-7. and seven. Grant, um, thank you as always for joining us, first of all. My biggest takeaway was that it's not doom and gloom for the Rams. Yes, the offensive line, they gave up a lot of sacks uh, for Stafford, and they didn't run the ball very well. For me, the receiving core... Yes, they, they. it would be nice if the other guys stepped up, but Cooper Cup and, and Higby had like 24 receptions combined. They just get open. If you look at the Rams and you look at the trade deadline coming up in a few weeks here, we know the Rams are usually active at the trade deadline. What do you think, if they can only improve one area of the football team, what do you think that area should be? It should definitely be the offensive line. I think that's the only thing, you know, keeping this team back from ha- having a good offense this year is that offensive line. I, you know, Stafford's been kind of decent. He threw that pick six and, you know, he had that fumble, but you know, he's under pressure within three seconds of dropping back. And last year he had plenty of time to find open receivers. And that's why OBJ was good. That's why even Van Jefferson was good. And you could get downfield. They didn't even have a play of 20 plus yards at all last night and you know i gotta give credit to the niners defense they're amazing they're one of the best defenses in the league maybe the best so i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna you know go into the next game and say okay they're playing the cowboys defense it's a little bit of a step back the cowboys are a great team but they have to go get an offensive lineman or you know at least get get guys healthy i know there's a lot of offensive linemen that are injured right now shelton got hurt again last night so either get healthy or get an offensive lineman. That'll enable Matthew Stafford to kind of find these other guys, allow them to get downfield, and allow them to get into their routes more. And Grant, we talked about this in the first segment. I know we brought it up a little here about the offensive line issues, but the Niners don't allow any run game to really get going. So a lot of people are like, oh, you know, the Rams look terrible. They're overreacting. I mean, this is a really – good defense probably the best defense not even probably this is probably i mean this is the best defense of the kyle shanahan era right am i wrong so like when people look at what stafford was able to do yesterday i know he targeted cup and higby a bunch that was impressive to me i didn't really see a quarterback drive down the field yet so far this year except russell wilson at the end of that broncos game so 
I know you're a pessimist when it comes to next week. I think they're going to beat the Cowboys pretty handedly because they have just more pure talent, in my opinion. It's a better football team. The Cowboys play in the worst division in football. But are there any positives? Can you see the positives like I see heading into next game? Yeah, the, you know, there are some positives. You know, they did, Like you said, they drove down the field a few times. and it, There are a few times where I thought, hey, they're going to get into the end zone. And, you know, it, it just didn't happen because the, the Niners put up a front in, that, in the red zone and didn't allow them to score. So they have the ability to drive the ball down the field, and that's, you know, quick passes, quick passes, quick passes. Yeah, that's great, but with Matt Stafford, you'd like to get downfield a little bit more. So there is positives on the offensive end. Like I said, I'm not worried about them if their offensive line performs up to task. I'm really not worried. The fact of the matter is, is that Matthew Stafford isn't getting the time, and the run game hasn't been good either. The offensive line isn't open up, opening up holes like they did last year or the year before for Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. And, you know, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson don't look like themselves either. So there's a lot of positives. And like I said, there's a big positive. The defense looked okay. They looked pretty good. They allowed two big plays to Debo Samuel, and that kind of opened up the game for the Niners. So they did a pretty good job stopping the run. I'm not really worried about the defense, especially Kendrick, who's a rookie. He's playing pretty good. He allowed that one um, that big play to Debo, but that's about it. So I'm, I'm, there's a couple of positives, actually. There's okay. one. There's one big positive. Let, let me just bring this up real, real quick with the uh, Clippers, and we can go back to the Rams. But, but listen, uh, one positive for you, Grant. As much as the Rams have been struggling, the Clippers look legit on paper. We talked about what they could be. First preseason game last night against Portland. Kawhi looks like Kawhi. PG not only looks like PG. PG could be at the height of his career. And listen, John Wall's back, and I think John Wall just being back that that may take some time. But Grant, your thoughts on uh, your first look at the big three? Yeah, it's funny because um, you know I, it was a big game, Rams Niners, and I was I was kind of more excited for the okay. basketball games. It was a preseason game, the Lakers and the Clippers, and you know I I saw a lot of great things from Kawhi Leonard that I didn't really expect to see. Uh, he had a lot of burst. He was very aggressive. He was, you know, he, he looked like he was very comfortable with his ball handling, which you know. It, you know Kawhi Leonard, he's not known as a ball handler. He looked pretty good with his handles as well. And on the defensive end, his closeouts weren't as good as they were before, but I expect that to get better. Look, it's his first game back. He needs to get his minutes in. He needs to get back into game shape. I know he's in shape, but he needs to get back in game shape. I loved what I saw from him. I'm not really worried about him. Paul George looked like the best player on the court. He was a plus 16 yesterday. He had 12 points and 7 rebounds in about 11 minutes, which is actually crazy. Um, he looked smooth as ever, and he, you know, like I said, with them, it's health. John Wall, I did like it. I, I understand why they went with Reggie Jackson, and John Wall will be starting in the next preseason game. Ty Lue said, so I, I'm excited to see how he looks with the starters. But John Wall looked a little bit like like a a kid that just got into a playground, like really excited, just going all in. He's back to you know, glad to be back on the court, but he needs to kind of slow it down. He needs to kind of distribute the ball, play at a pace. It looked like he was just going out there and trying to get to the rim and pass it and do a whole bunch of things. He had a couple bad turnovers, but it was three-point shot. He had a long three for his first bucket. That's a good sign because he was really not really known as a three-point shooter. So if you get him off ball and some threes, he looked pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not really worried about the Clippers when they're healthy. Um, it's just a matter of the fact that I got to saw them. I got to see them. And they looked pretty good, man. I, you know, against a Blazers team that, you know, it's probably not going to be one of the better teams in the West. But, um, 
you know, it's good to see Dame back out there as well. Damian Lillard looked actually pretty good, but you know, the Clippers, they're formidable. It, it, it's really a matter of which lineup would you want to go with? Do you want to put Wall at point guard? Do you want to put Reggie Jackson at point guard? Who knows? Like, you can go with either one and probably be fine. So I liked what I saw. I really did. I'm going to go into the Lakers before I do, you know, prayers up to Tom Brady, who reportedly is getting divorced, unfortunately. No, like, this is like real. Wait, can you repeat uh, what, what, is that, that a report? Um, who's, who, the, yeah, like, report. Uh, wow. I mean, it is the, it is the New York Post, but, yeah, but apparently, still. wow. But apparently they uh, both hired divorce lawyers and Brady is, oh. they are, Giselle and him are getting a divorce. So that's kind of sad if you think about it. Oh, for honest. sure. But, yeah. but, um, you know, again, uh, more incentive for Brady to win this year, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, we don't want any more motivation for Tom Brady, so this is not good for the NFL. Uh, at the same time, I wanted to bring up the Lakers real quick. Because Grant and I watched this game, and I had brought up in the first segment how Cole Swider should start because he's just a perfect fit around LeBron James. And he might not even make the team, Grant. So what, are your, what did you see yesterday? We talked about Anthony Davis hitting threes. Obviously, Reeves didn't have a good game with that second unit, but what did you see that maybe is like a positive moving into this next preseason game? Yeah, I, I, I watched. I might have watched more of the Lakers because I was just so fascinated by what they're going to do. Um, and what I saw was using Russell Westbrook in a way different way. They didn't have him playing perimeter. They had him get the ball and immediately cut to the rim and get to the rim and finish at the rim. They had him get the ball, cut to the rim, and then pass inside as opposed to being that point guard around the perimeter. And I think that's kind of the role that he should be using. And Brandon, you brought this up last night is what if they just use him in the Bruce Brown role? And that's kind of like what they did with him last night. And I kind of liked it. You know, LeBron went 0 for 7. I am not worried about everyone's time. Oh, LeBron went 0 for 7 year 20. Relax. It's a preseason. I've seen LeBron have bad games in the preseason. He went 0 for 7. It's fine. Anthony Davis, on the other hand, he looked pretty good at shooting-wise. He made a couple threes. He made a couple mid-rangers. He was dominant last night. I think he had 11 and 11 in the, in the first half in the only minutes that he played. That's actually a really good sign. Now, we all know how good he is on the court when he's healthy. That's the thing, staying healthy. But he looked really good. He looked like the Anthony Davis of 2019-2020. It's just a matter of that bench unit. That bench unit did not look that good. And that's kind of a concern that I have. Now, you have to understand, Lonnie Walker did not play, Troy Brown Jr. didn't play, and Dennis Schroeder didn't play. So you had three of your key bench players off the court and not playing. So I'm not going to put a lot into it, but the bench, they need to score. They need to keep it afloat. I mean, you saw that the Kings, the Kings are a feisty team now. We, we, you know, Keegan Murray looked amazing, by the way. But, you know, you got to have a bench unit that at least keeps you afloat and it didn't seem like they had that. You know, Reeves didn't look that good. There was a lot of, you know, they looked like the South Bay Lakers, which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I, I really do think that it'll be fine. The starters will be fine. They, that bench unit just really needs to, to get better. Uh, all right. So I am right now in the lobby of Park MGM, and the uh, player who will be the number one pick in the draft next year is right in front of me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when you uh, and you guys can say his name because I'm going to mispronounce it. He is Victor. Victor is a sight to the. I mean, his Victor Wembanyama. His wingspan. Yeah. So he's he's signing autographs right now. Uh, security guard. You should get guy, one. But, <laughs> automatic rim. He's going to be the next star, man. I was telling Grant, whoever drafts him okay. is like, this is the highest percentage of winning an NBA 
NBA championship <laughs> since LeBron entered the league. Yeah, uh, you guys can't see it, but Arash looks like a kid in a candy store right now with, <laughs> with Victor Wembanyama right in front of him. It's so pretty, he, uh, is Scoot right, Henderson <laughs> there as well? I think, yeah, the the, uh, the uh, teams are here, so, yeah. Um, but That's uh, cool. That's sick. Yeah, everyone's here right now, so. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. So. That is that is awesome. I had, really cool. I had a question for you, Grant, in terms of the Lakers. We talked about this a little bit in segment one. The Lakers got booed off the court at the end of last night's game. First of all, do you think that that's deserving? And second of all, let's say the Lakers are a seven seed this year, an eight seed. Do you think that the fans will be content or will we see more of this as the season goes along? First of all, you should not be booing a team in preseason, <laughs> you know, on your home court. First of all, you shouldn't be doing that on your home court at all. It's kind of sad that, you know, people were booing Russell West. I understand it. There's a lot of frustration, but you can't do that in the first preseason game. You got to understand that. Um, and second of all, if they're a seven seed, eight seed, look, that's an improvement from last year. I think everyone that watched the team last year would say, yes, that's awesome. Let's get into the playoffs with a healthy team and then see where it goes. So, yeah, getting into the playoffs, that's a win in my opinion. Because, it, And I, I think there, there has to be a clause in your question. Are they going into that seven or eight seed healthy? Let's yes. say yes. If, if it's yes, then yeah, I would be extremely happy because even last year, I said, if you get LeBron and AD into the playoffs in any capacity, I'll take them up against a lot of teams in the West. And I know that there's a lot of great teams. The depth of the West is amazing. But you get those two into the playoffs, and you've seen what they can do. I mean, they had the Suns up 2-1 uh, in 2021, and then Anthony Davis got hurt. But they weren't even that good that year. They were all banged up. Dennis Schroeder wasn't that good. And they still were up 2-1 on the Suns, who went to the finals. So I put them up against anybody, and I think that you get those two into the playoffs, you should be happy as a Laker fan. If you have these two generational talents on your team, you should be happy in general. But I know last year, or the whole thing that happened. But get in as a 7-8 seed. Who cares? Get in. Just get in. You'll be fine. But you know you know the fan base is not going to be okay just to make the playoffs. I mean, I mean, if they make the playoffs, it'll be like, all right, let's 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 go win the whole chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, you watch that Hulu documentary. I mean, it, it is a franchise that has consistently been in championship contention, 17 championships. Again, two years ago, we're, we're, we're coming up on the two-year mark where they won that title. So I think if everyone's still thinking, well, well if Anthony Davis can – you know, be healthy if LeBron's LeBron. And at the end of the day, we, we've gone over all these teams in the West. The West is so stacked. And I, I don't foresee a scenario where they're in the conference finals, certainly not a scenario if the Warriors, Clippers, and all these teams are healthy, where they're, where, where they're like actually contending for a championship. But you're 100% great. If, if they make the playoffs, I'll be happy because at least you're playing significant games. I mean, play a first-round series, see what happens. So, um, uh, Grant, before uh, we wrap up today, the the Dodgers, the franchise record-setting wins with the Dodgers. Uh, Concern here, though, they they may play the New York Mets in a five-game division series. This was the matchup we all thought we would get in the seven-game championship series. 
concerned there. I'm a little concerned about them perhaps having to play the Mets. Please, if the Padres can find a way to win a, a couple games, <laughs> please let it be the Padres. Um, you know, I was more concerned a couple months ago just because of how great the Mets were. But the Mets, as of late, haven't really impressed me to the point where I would be scared going up against them. Their offense was kind of stagnant in that Brave series. Their pitching hasn't been even good. They they matched up their best starters to the Braves and got absolutely crushed. So, you know, you have DeGrom not playing well. You have Scherzer doing okay. And then after that, you know, it, it's Bassett. It's whoever. If the Mets get by the Padres, I'm not as concerned as I was a couple months ago yeah. just because of the way the teams are playing. Both of those teams, honestly, aren't playing that well. The Padres, everyone's like, oh, the Padres are back. They've lost four or five games. They lost the series to the Dodgers and to the Marlins. So both of those teams are not in great places in terms of where they're playing right now. But you know, like, like you said, in the playoffs, if you have those three top arms, you're going to be good. And both of those teams have great arms. It's not going to be easy for the Dodgers. I think we all know that, and we've all come to that assumption, is that in the West and in the NL, it's not going to be easy. So any team you go against, the Braves, the next round, the Cardinals, even the Phillies have a good three. You're not going to have a good time. And, you know, I think that they have to go in with that mentality. It's not going to be a cakewalk. You have to play good. You have to play well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough, but I'm not as concerned as I was a couple months ago. I mean, if, if, if the Dodgers can get the pitching back, Tony Gonsolin coming back, I was happy about that, but not yes. thrilled with the way that he pitched. Um, but yeah. listen, I mean, I mean, what this has been such a historic season for for the Dodgers. I, I just want them to get to the World Series. I want them to win the oh, World yeah. Series. I want us to actually have a parade down Figueroa. Oh, come on now. Let me. Listen. I will be there. Exactly. I will be there for sure. <laughs> All right, guys, that's uh, that's all the time we have for today. Graham, you're the best. Uh, let's do it again soon. Um, until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about a brother Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.